0: Fight yeah, me, right. James. Fight yeah. me. Like we mentioned, the uh, rhino wins all the time. <laughs> There's no competition. Clearly, you are not <laughs> married. And a
1: home. home. Welcome to episode one hundred and five of the Hit the Deck podcast, where we talk deck hockey, street hockey, ball hockey—it's hockey in sneakers—and one hundred and five is not only the podcast, but it is also what the temperature feels like in my house right now because uh, we've we've been experiencing a bit of a heat wave here in New York, uh, you know, home of the Hit the Deck podcast. And uh, I don't know where, what it's been like in your part of the country, but uh, hopefully you've been a little more comfortable than we have.
0: How are you, James? I'm, I'm uh, sweating away uh, like you are as well. The humidity is what does me in, but not complaining. It, it took a while for summer to get here, and, and boy, has it ever arrived. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> definitely definitely
1: made its presence known. I would imagine it's here to stay for a while, but... Like you said, we suffered through quite the winter, and uh, it would be uh, rude of us to complain. <laughs> How you doing, sir? You
0: know what? I'm not doing too bad on the whole. How was your 4th of July? Thank you for asking. I was honored to share it with you at a uh, Brooklyn Cyclones game in <laughs> Coney Island, of all places. And the heck you that say. Was, yeah, that was uh, a ton of fun. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. So thank you very much. Would like to point out that we were
1: at Coney Island several hours after the hot dog eating contest. So we did not get caught up in all that craziness, although it is right down the block from where that takes place.
0: Yes, <laughs> and I, I don't get it. It's just if that's what you're into, then great. But I, uh, I don't get it.
1: Joey Chestnut, of course, uh, I believe 12-time champion now. He, he took home the mustard belt once more. Set a new record, 74 hot dogs, not without some controversy, but, you know, I guess that makes for ratings. It's all the rage now with the Oscars and, uh, you know, what have you. So that I guess a little bit of controversy and, and, and uh, what have you had to intrude into the world of competitive eating. And you know it also harkens back to the trend that's really taken hold in all of sports which is video replay I was going to so say uh, you know he, if you're not aware of what we're talking about cuz you know for some reason you weren't watching the hot dog eating contest religiously what happened is Joey Chestnut who is the man who won the contest and has dominated this sport for uh like 12 out of the last 13 years so basically The judge, so if you've never watched a hot dog eating contest, the way it works is that each eater is assigned a judge who's in like a referee shirt. And the judge counts the number of hot dogs that are consumed and has like a, I'm waving my hand as if you can see what I'm doing, but has a little like um, flip chart thing or uh, whatever. It's basically like a flip scoreboard that counts the number of hot dogs, each each hot dog he flips it and to reveal the next number. And there's like a, a person who has a sign that's standing behind the eater that coordinates that sign with the judge so that the people at home can keep track of of what the number is. So the final total for Joey Chestnut was shown to be 64 hot dogs. And after it, he was being interviewed and he said something like, yeah, the count was way off, but I tried to ignore it and I just kept going. And in fact, they went back to review the tapes and he had, in fact, eaten 74 hot dogs. So somehow that judge missed 10 hot dogs.
0: Ah, that's pretty inexcusable.
1: <laughs> I think that judge is going to be looking for a new career.
0: Yes, sir. He okay, could, okay, you could say one or two, because I think what you also have to, Eat the entire bun too. Correctly, yes,
1: yes, yes. Okay, yes, a, 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 a hot dog. dog and
0: a bun. It okay. has
1: to be a complete package,
0: right? But not necessarily in that order, right? I mean, you could eat no, no you, you can, can, out yeah, you can eat it the, in any yeah. order.
1: You can whatever as long as both get consumed. It doesn't matter.
0: Fair enough, mm-hmm. but yeah, ten. That's that's not good.
1: Somebody fell asleep at the
0: uh, switch there. I, I think so. So good for good for video replay in that aspect.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that was that was yesterday as we record. That was the Fourth of July. I got a nice hat out of it, not the hot dog eating contest, the baseball game. Um, yes, you know, and and if you follow us on Instagram, you saw the pic that we snapped there at the ballpark in our pretty good seats. So uh, fantastic, you know, we, had, we had a fun time. I mean, the final score would not seem to indicate that, but we did have a pretty good time. I think.
0: Yeah, so thank you very much, American Rhino, and yes, excellent job with fantastic. The seats were amazing. I've never sat that close at uh, MCU Park, and. So well done. Just $10. Even better.
1: Yeah, so you're, you're welcome. Hey, listen, before we go too much further, I want to mm-hmm. go back to our roots here because we've been getting away away from this, and, and I want to jump right into our starting lineup because I feel like we should try and make an effort to do that earlier in the show for the benefit of any new listeners that we might have.
0: You know I'm on board for that.
1: We're already six and a half minutes in, so I've, I've, I've screwed the pooch on that already, but I, I'm trying. I'm, I'm trying. It's not like 15 minutes like we've been doing. So uh, that being said, for tonight's starting lineup, in goal as ever, I am number 35, your American Rhino, Gary McComiskey, and of course,
0: my valiant co-host. On defense, number four, I'm James Sejazy.
1: Yes, yes, yes. So uh, like I said, w- we'll make the effort. We'll. Hey, um, if there's
0: any sponsors out there that want us to hit the marks, you know, we'd be more than happy to do so.
1: We started off doing the starting lineup right at the very beginning of the show, and to quote Gonzo, I'm going to go back there someday.
0: <laughs> yeah, we figure that we kind of know us by now. I mean, we've been on, uh, on doing the podcast for almost three years and over 100 podcasts under our belt, but oh, that's, that's fine. But yeah,
1: yeah. We, we can't take anything for granted, certainly least of which the listener. We, we yeah, cannot and- take you for granted by any means, and we do not. So
0: we we do not want to, uh, you know, anyway. And we we, we do appreciate all 15 of you out there. (laughs) Just just please tell 15 of your friends who could tell 15 of their friends and so on and so forth. We'd appreciate it.
1: We do have a few more than 15 listeners. (laughs) I don't know how many more, but but we we do have a few more than that. So so I want to, you know, thank all of you who do listen to the show for doing so and, and encourage you to please continue to do so. And though it is greedy of us to ask, I echo what James said. If you could, you know, tell some friends, we'd really appreciate it.
0: Yes, and absolutely, Gary. Thank you. And and thank you, dear listener. We, we do mean that and we appreciate it. And uh, the more you support us, hopefully the better the podcast will be and spread the word on the great sport of deck hockey.
1: Always trying to grow that cast or whatever.
0: <laughs> yeah, grow the game, right? With all those hashtags and whatnot. We're, we're trying to do our part absolutely you said it so uh speaking of
1: doing our part you want to just jump into it yes sir all right well then i will impose upon you james to do your part and uh, would you mind terribly letting us know what is on deck for this podcast that's my job sir
0: thank you 2018 bhwc recap Gary kept us in the know following the USA under-20 women and under-16 blue and red boys teams during the 2018 Ball Hockey World Cup. In case you missed it, the American Rhino sums up the tourney. This one's for Islander fans. The American Rhino and I want to put an end on JT bailing out on the island and heading to Toronto. Of course, as long as it's not opening up any wounds, we want to hear from the experts on our Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and email namely Patrick, Brad, Superfan Anthony, Chris, and all Islander supporters. Just please keep it clean and thank you. And prospecting. 2018 Flyers draft picks get thrown to the seals. Hey, Flyers, don't break your new toys. Or actually go ahead. And that's what's on deck. Thank you, James. You're welcome, sir. Ooh, that Tavares thing. I, yeah. I've
1: I've got some takes all hot and ready lined up, but... But that can wait until we get to it. First, we've got some other business to follow up and attend to, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Yeah, and thank you very much for keeping us up to date. If you weren't following on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, specifically, actually, the American Rhino was keeping us right up to the minute as the games were being played, which obviously we were following the Team USA players and supporters. So the USA under 20 women. And we had two under 16 boys teams, a blue and a red team. And the American Rhino did a great job in keeping everything up to date and following all three. And, uh, you know, for the most part or for the whole, I think all teams did pretty well.
1: Yeah, uh, there were some disappointments, no doubt. But they competed very well. Like all the, oh, I shouldn't say all, but most of the games were very close. So uh, I I wouldn't say any team kind of, you know, did terrible. I don't think anybody has anything to be ashamed of with their performance. They played hard and they played well. And uh, at times they got outplayed, which happens in sports. So, you know, I'm, I'm still proud to have them as representatives of this country. And they represented the country very well. They acquitted themselves admirably as sportsmen and women and... You know, that's all you can ask for to go out there and do your best and, you know, just be a good representative. So I would say mission accomplished on that.
0: Yes. And for a tournament over on the other side of the world, and it was really quick, was like four days long or so. And not many teams either, especially for the women. There were only, I believe, five teams in that one division. Mm hmm. And there's really not much room for error at all. So, excellent job by Jackie Spiegel and the coaches and the team. So, well done, ladies. And for the under 16 boys, there was a blue team in one division and a red team in the other, I believe, how it went. Mm-hmm. So, there was a bit more competition. So, each team had its own bracket to compete in. And all of them, with the exception of one, you know, well, two out of three, were uh, made it to the best of the final three of yeah. the uh, tournaments.
1: Yeah. So as you know, if you listen to the podcast last week, the under 20 women, women's team, they won their first game in convincing fashion against the UK. Unfortunately, that would be the last game they would win in the tournament. They they lost their next three or four. They lost a couple to the Czech Republic and they lost to Slovakia and a really tough one to Canada. And that was, you know, it was unfortunate. They... They played very well, I, and and you know I don't really have anything or very much to add, you know, based on the the games that they played after we recorded last week. They played well. They just got beat, and like I said, that happens. So you never, you know, you, you, as an athlete, you never want to experience that, but it happens, and it's part of the game, and uh, so be it.
0: Yeah, and in this case too, I believe it was the first time ever that there was an under twenty women's team in the in the ball hockey world cup so really yeah okay maybe we're putting a spin on this or whatever the case is because we do love our usa women but just to be nominated if you will to be a member of those teams for the first time ever is really fantastic and for just a small amount of teams there and how fast and furious the games were and like you said american rhino i mean that one game they i think for the bronze game they lost one nothing or something very close very competitive. So, yeah, they, they, they represented the Stars and Stripes very well. So uh, well done, ladies. And to all the players to be the first ever under 20 women team. And hopefully that sets the tone for the future and we'll uh, get some more hungry ladies out there that'll take the step forward and maybe even win the whole thing.
1: Yeah, and the boys, the under sixteen boys, had similar results, and at least the red team did. They wound up. I mean, they 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 had a better record overall. They were what three and three and one, but they unfortunately, same as the women, they wound up losing in the bronze medal game. So they uh, n- none of our teams wound up taking gold, unfortunately, uh, or I should say, wound up taking any kind of medal. So that you know, but. Again, nothing to beat yourself up about. The boys blue team was two and two and they didn't even they wound up six. So that just goes to show the level of competition in this tournament that you know they they, they played decently, they, they played evenly and they still wound up at the bottom of their bracket. So, you know, that's just again, that's the level of competition.
0: Yeah, again, and really kudos to all. Congratulations. I hope everybody arrived back safely and soundly and was able to enjoy his and her 4th of July. So well done to all competitors, and thank you for representing our country so well and the wonderful sport of deck hockey and ball hockey. And just one more thing, too, American Rhino, as you fairly, fairly picked up on the uh, Czech fans and players, it seems like we're not the only ones that picked up on that, as there were some Facebook posts and tweets about the, I guess, lack of a better term, the stupidity or at least the acting stupidity of the Czech fans and players that uh, it was reported on from other sources, how silly the fans reacted, this, such as throwing things and stopping the game and the antics of the players themselves with a little bit of uh, rough play and getting away with some dirty plays here and there and, and overacting when goals were scored and things of that nature. But um, other than that, you know, well done and um, go get them next time. Team USA's.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I, I so I know the Czech fans are passionate and we, we covered that whole Czech thing last week on the podcast. So I don't want to revisit it too much, but I, I, I would like for them to be able to find a new location for the tournament next year, because this clearly is, is not, Ideal in terms of the you know the the arena crowd and the conditions under which the visitors have to seemingly play and it's not sour grapes as you said other people were reporting on the same stuff it it really is just kind of a I don't know if it's a sense of entitlement or if it's just like if it's a culture of poor sportsmanship or I I have no idea why but it just seems like I don't know you you don't if you're if you're not Czech, you don't want to be playing against those that Czech team in that in arena because they they're a I mean they're a crowd full of homers and I I I know all home crowds tend to be unless their team is really stinking out the joint they they're overly supportive of their teams and not necessarily fair and objective but this just it, it takes to a whole other level and so maybe maybe we can find a new venue or a new country to host next year. So these kind of things hopefully don't happen as much.
0: Yes, sir. And uh, as we speak, there's another international ball hockey tournament going on right now. And this is actually taking place in Canada. And it's the 2018 Ball Hockey Championships. And I think Mm -hmm. that's for uh, another younger crowd as well. And we'll leave that to the Ball Hockey Championships people to update their information and whatnot to (laughs) kind of give ourselves a a little break here but definitely follow it and and see what it's all about because we love ball hockey and deck hockey so much.
1: I hope those Canadian fans are a little more respectful just during the game because I know I'm I'm piling on again here but there was like so there were two arenas in this past tournament. One seemed to be generally pretty empty and the other one was pretty full of fans. And the one that was full of fan, like I don't, I don't get the Czech sports culture, and I'm that that's not like a knock on them. Just in and of itself, I honestly don't get it. The whole game, and James, you know, I, I was complaining to you about this. I actually, I, I texted James uh, after watching one of these games. I said, I think I've become a Czech racist. <laughs> like, just I don't. I honest to God, I don't get it. Like, I'm not exaggerating. The entirety of the game was like people blowing horns and banging on drums and like the the fans doing silly chants and things and uh, like uh, during during a stoppage during gameplay during gameplay while both teams are playing including their own team during the like intermissions after goals (laughs) the whole time, constantly. I don't understand it. How is that not incredibly distracting to your own team that you're supporting? And as far as the people in the, like if, if I would stop watching my team, I think if, if, if like,
0: if the Rangers fans did that, I don't think I'd be a hockey fan anymore. I could not sit through a game. It's funny you should say that, as a matter of fact. And speaking of World Cups, a few years ago, when it uh, for the soccer FIFA World Cup. Was uh, you're going to say the Vuvuzelas, right? Exactly. And that's in a huge arena with it's not enclosed.
1: You're just waiting to see how long I can keep that up. I can't. I'm done.
0: No, I, I didn't want to step over you. Uh, but yeah, that, that that's a huge arena. What you figure in 8,000 to 100,000 people on average, it's open. And still, it was so annoying. And just watching it on TV, and I admit I support Team Italia. Obviously, I'll root for Team USA as well in terms of soccer and things like that. But I I couldn't – I had to put the sound down. I mean, that – And the fact that it was on ESPN because they have the worst broadcasters in the world. But between those stupid sounds and it was ceaseless, like you Mm -hmm. said, I can't imagine how annoying that would be in a hockey arena Mm -hmm. where you're talking maybe a quarter of the size of a soccer or football stadium enclosed enclosed. That is ridiculous. Yeah, I'm glad that uh,
1: I don't get it. I just I honest, honestly, I don't get it like. I I was I would I was gonna say somebody please explain it to me, but I don't know if you can. You can like, even if you came up to me and gave me a detailed overview of the Czech culture and why this is historically relevant and why they do it, I still wouldn't get it.
0: Yeah, uh, it just sounds like they're a bunch of little children running amuck. Well, whatever. But they are. I've I thought about this. They are deck hooligans. Well said. Well put. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right. But enough about that negative Nancy nonsense. Let's move on.
0: Okay, it's time to go out on the island. Oh, okay. So
1: (laughs) (laughs) uh, I'm all warmed up now. Well, why don't you before I before I jump in, why don't you, you know, address the objective situation and and just kind of for anyone who might not be following the John Tavares saga here uh, in New York? Why don't you just. You know anybody who might be living under a rock?
0: Why don't you just give an overview of what happened? Okay, sir. And and yeah, right off the bat, I just mentioned this on the podcast before, but it needs to be repeated. The passion that we have as sports fans—it's—we know exactly how you all feel because Gary and I are such huge sports fans ourselves and have always been. And just real quick, when I was about ten years old, I think, grew up being a huge Mets fan, and my favorite player as a child was Lenny Dykstra. And so everybody would always tease me and say, hey, the Mets traded Dykstra, the Mets traded Dijkstra. Well, they actually did trade Lenny Dykstra on a Father's Day in 1989. I was 11, as a matter of fact. And I was devastated. So Patrick Fogarty, he's a great member of the LIQ, lifelong fan of mine, diehard, diehard Islander fan, was the only one besides my family that really got it. I didn't know Gary at that time. I'm sure he would have consoled me, too, because he's such a cool guy. But I unfortunately didn't meet Gary until college years. But uh, so Patrick was kind enough to be that young and understanding because I was crying and I, I was just beside myself. And he waited, he called. So fast forward till now, you know, we're in our 40s now, Patrick and I. And he felt similar to what happened with John Tavares. And this was just a horrible situation And the fact that Tavares, first round draft pick, played for the Islanders for all nine years of his career. Up until this point, consummate all star, got them to the postseason, the face of the franchise, the whole nine yards. He, captain, you name it. He was the guy. And he, for some reason, we all knew he was going to be a free agent coming up this year. And they made an agreement that he would make his decision X amount of time, whatever the case was. For some reason, he waited too long on it, waited till the last minute. His heart was set with going to his hometown of Toronto. Fine, you know, child, lifelong dream. But to treat the team that drafted you and the fan base that embraced you and the Islander fans are so, so loyal, and they've put up with a lot of nonsense, these, these fans. And I could relate to that as being a Met fan, because I know what it's like when the other team gets all the headlines, and, and they own the media, and it's really propaganda and silliness, and you got to put up with that stupidity. It just really breaks your heart. The Islander fans dealt with it, and, and no problem. You know, like, hey, we know the situation with the Barclays Center, and, and uh, what happened with the Coliseum and the whole nine yards. So Tavares kind of screwed them over, quite frankly. And he turned down, from what I understand, an eight-year deal that ranged between, I heard, $88 million to $96 million. And that would have probably, he would have retired as an Islander. They just got Lou Lamarillo as the new president. He's been wheeling and dealing, bringing the team back to its old dominance of the 80s. And uh, Barry Trotz, the Stanley Cup winning coach... Barry Trotz, they just signed him as well. They got Matt Martin back now. And the good thing, I guess, now that Tavares is gone is they have a whole lot of cap space. So maybe it's time that they rebuild and, and get back to glory. But that's where we are right now. The Islanders literally did everything they could to sign Tavares. And he waited too long. The hockey maven himself put him to task. We could get into that little Twitter battle later on, which he face-to-face asking the question point blank too. But that's where we stand right now so american rhino take it away
1: all right here 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 it comes buckle in islander fans and i i await your rage so i i just 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 settle in and and let it let it uh ferment a little bit you know marinate yourself in it so here here's my blazing hot take on the Tavares situation now so when when all this happened islander fans start oh you know i so I'm going to burn my Tavares jersey. He's dead to me. He betrayed us. He's, uh, he's how could he, how, how could he, how could he do that to us? Now, I understand your anger. I really, I genuinely do. I get the feeling, the emotions that you're going through right now. When Messier decided to walk away from the Rangers to Vancouver in free agency, I was very angry. When Jose Reyes left the Mets high and dry for a better offer in Florida. I was livid. The, the whole he's dead to me thing. I completely get that. I got, Oh, I, just to give you uh, some point of reference here for, for what I'm talking about. I had gotten a Jose Reyes Jersey uh, as a gift, just like, I guess it was for my birthday. So that would have been just over a month before the end of the season. I have not worn that thing since he left for free agency, even with Reyes coming back to the Mets in the last couple of years. Of course, he's now coming back as a wife beater. So I, I've never entirely forgiven him for that either because, you know, don't be, you know, like, don't be a jerk. But um, don't be that that's, guy, yeah. yeah, well, that 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 goes beyond being that oh, guy. That's like, true. don't be a scumbag, basically. But that's that's neither here nor there. But I get... I get the intensity of your dissatisfaction. I get the, the raw emotions associated with Tavares. But, but here's, here's my take on the whole thing. At the end of the day, Tavares didn't know you anything. And I know it's, that's, that's going to be very hard to hear. And I know you may not even be able to hear me what I'm about to say right now because you're cursing at me right now. And I respect that. But if you have it within you, please hear me out. Tavares is an elite athlete in the NHL. And even setting aside the whole hockey is a business thing, you know, that sports are a business, that is true. And he only has so many prime years to to earn as much money as he can. But I'm not even going to bring up that argument. That's not the argument that I'm going to. He wants to win a cup. You know, every single player in the NHL wants to win a cup. That's why they're there. If you're not there to win a cup, I can't think of any reason why you would be playing in the NHL. So he wants to win. And the 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 sad, the 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 very hard to to you know deal with truth of the situation is the situation on the island is so uncertain. He had, I mean, you know, I know they just brought in Lou Lamarillo, and that's great. But even still. The situation is so uncertain. And you know they've the Islanders have given, he's given the Islanders the best years of his career, all of the years of his career. And in spite of all their promises, we're going to get better, we're going to rebuild, we're going to be great this year, they've basically given him nothing over the course of his career. So one more promise of, no, really, we're going to do it this time. I don't blame him for wanting to go to a Toronto team that's, a lot more of a sure thing than the Islanders. I get you feel betrayed. I get that you're angry that he left. I understand that you feel like things w- with Lou Lamarillo were just maybe starting to turn around and your best piece just walked away. And you feel like you were stabbed in the heart. And, you know, that's a totally valid, valid thing to feel. But the the cold, hard, objective truth is that as a hockey player, he needs to do what's best for him at some point. And let's not forget, this is the team that he grew up rooting for. If you had a chance to play for the Islanders, you would jump on it, you know? And even if that meant betraying, quote unquote, a fan base that had embraced you and that you had come to uh, be associated with so closely, I'm not saying you definitely would, but you would definitely think about jumping to that other team that you grew up rooting for. So, you know, I'm, 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 I'm not saying he did the right thing, but I think what he did was completely understandable. And uh, all that being said, you can feel free to direct your hate at, uh, oh, at hitthedeck at gmail.com or you can tweet at us at and, and And, you know, let us know what you think about my blazing hot Tavares take.
0: Oh boy. Um yeah uh <laughs> Stan Fischler, I think would disagree with you on that American Rhino and I think all the other Islander fans as well. Um, well there's so a yes, reason
1: the- why he's retired. Boom another hot take. Whoa 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 whoa, whoa okay oh
0: speaking of <laughs> trying to get listeners and coming <laughs> oh, in the- hot your American Rhino No no that that that's Larry um Magoo and, and and I'm David Jay-Z and this is uh deck the hit podcast listen yeah, I yeah. will
1: I am going to I am going to tell you something you James and you the what? listener I'm going to say something that may not be popular and maybe a little shocking beyond what I've already just said I never really liked Sam Fischler.
0: Oh, okay. boom uh, anyway um <laughs> whoa um I definitely understand what you're saying and and I think everybody realizes that. And and as you marked examples of what we've went through ourselves. And again, it it is about these, these are players and athletes and human beings. And uh, when they're not juicing, hopefully that they only have a small window of opportunity to do what any one of us would give our right arm for as to play a professional sport that we love so much, be it hockey or baseball or anything else. But one thing I do think, and Uh, from my limited experience as being a sports fan is anytime I've seen a player go back to the team he loved and rooted for, no matter what sport it may be, it usually turns into a disaster because there are a lot of extra headaches and pressures that you have to worry about when you're in your hometown. Just as simple as tickets, for example, all of a sudden, all your friends are your best friends now. Everybody needs a ticket. You, you got to worry about your family, friends, coaches, this, that, and the other thing, people you know on the block, the pressure that this is your team, you have all this. I mean, he, he turned down, I, from what I understand, he went from a Islander deal of eight years to 88 to 96 million to seven years to 77 million with the Leafs full of incentives too and whatnot. Okay, that's a lot of pressure on you. But you're right. He did give the Islanders – the best years of his life, at least to this point, he's reaching his prime. Hockey, it's it's a real small window. There's only one Yarmir Yagra that I know of, <laughs> and everybody else is mortal. So I guess this was just too good enough. And yes, the, the Maple Leafs are a fantastic team. They're a young team. I didn't expect them personally to be this good this quickly. But when you have one of the best players in the world, speaking of being in his prime with uh, Matthews there and and you build a team around that. uh, Yeah. um, They, they probably have a good, good shot at winning the Stanley cup, but there's history to worry about too. When was the last time a Canadian team won the cup? That was back in 1993. And that that's a long time ago. So maybe that means they're due or not. I don't know. But this, you know, Lord Stanley has been hanging out in the metropolitan division the last few years. And right now it's in the nation's capital so take that Canada.
1: <laughs> look, I'm I again, I want to clarify. I'm not no, saying course, that yeah. I'm not saying he made the the right call. I'm not saying that he objectively made the best call for his career. I'm saying he made the call that he felt was the best for him. And and look, he could flame out spectacularly in Toronto. He could wind up regretting this for the rest of his life because he's going from Long Island, which has a small, passionate fan base, but emphasis on the small, to Toronto, where when he walks down the street, he will be pelted with garbage if he has less than an all-star season. You know, he like he he has even though he's become basically a, a small fish in a big pond, rather than the guy that he was in, in uh, on the island. So he's not going to have that kind of pressure to carry the team that he had here. He's still under a tremendous amount of pressure to produce just from the fan base and and you know from from just from the expectations with the numbers that he's put up in the past. So this could wind up being very very bad for him. I'm just saying that as a player he had every right and and There are very valid reasons why he would have done this. And, you know, setting setting uh, your passion and your emotion, your attachment aside, I think the the objective outside observer can understand that that's what I'm pushing here.
0: Sure, absolutely. And you're not wrong. I don't think anybody would object that. I do think the problem is, and I'm glad that Stan Fischler called him out on that, and I think he's speaking for every Islander fan, and actually Islander higher-ups as well in the franchise itself, is the time frame was really odd. He should have at least told the Islanders before the trade deadline, or whatever the deadline was that they needed, to. he owed that to the franchise at least, to let them know as soon as possible instead of waiting till the last second after and 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 unfortunately it happened a few days after Patrick's birthday too and and you know for a diehard diehard wonderful Islander fan that that man has been his whole life he even makes sure I mean you he lost his father unfortunately passed away Mm. and he shared that bond with with his dad of having season tickets and everything so it really goes a lot deeper than than just the team on that aspect and now he has children of his own and you bet your bottom dollar that they're Islander fans and his niece and nephew, no question about it. Despite of what his sister's team is, are the Devils, but we'll get into that later. But he made sure that his niece and nephew are Islander fans. Sure, you know what? And to have I, that happen a couple of days after his birthday just makes it a little bit worse. But yeah, I'm coming from a total emotional point of view. I'm not coming from a business point of view. I'm not coming from a logical point of view either. And you're totally right. And and I think everybody feels the same way. When you have this small window and, and an opportunity like that, you got to take it. I think the big issue is or forget about the loyalty and, and all that stuff. I think the problem was the timing of it that was a little sketchy.
1: No, You know, I, I'm happy to throw you that bone. I, you want to say he didn't do this the right way? Yes, I will certainly go along with the idea that he didn't do this the right way, that he, he should have been better about the way that he communicated with the team and, you know, he, he could have conducted himself in a more professional manner when it came to the decision. But, you know, and and I I don't say this, I'm not trying to, I'm sure many of the Islander fans will think that I'm just trying to defend him and make excuses, but that's not the case. Again, I'm trying to look at this objectively. From his perspective... Maybe he really didn't know where he was going. Maybe he was waiting to see what moves were going to be made or, or what definitive plans that they made with the stadium. Maybe he was kind of trying to get a feel for the way the wind was going to blow in free agency with other players going to other teams and what the division was going to look like. Maybe he genuinely didn't know. I mean, remember, he's uprooting his family and, and bringing them to another country now granted that's where he grew up so he it's probably not as hard as if it was going the other way but still he's making a huge life change so that's something that he would have had to consider it is entirely possible that at the deadline he thought there was a good chance that he would be staying and that's why he didn't want to be traded so you know i'm i'm not i'm not trying to defend him and saying no this is what happened you you have to cut him slack because of that I already said, I, I I think he could have handled this a lot better. But there may be a valid reason for why he handled
0: things the way he did. And guys out there, just for the LIQ members that are diehard Islander fans, just keep that in mind next time we play that please don't go after the American Rhino too hard. <laughs> <But> <laughs> Bring <there>. it on! <laughs> yeah, no, no. There's a reason I have that mask. Uh, yeah, and, and another thing, too. The, the listener doesn't know Brad as well as Gary and I do. Like, you know, I, I don't know Brad that well, I suppose. But I do know for a fact that he's a good, good dude. And to see him get upset and and angry, then you know that something was kind of a little off there. Uh, and, and the same thing for the Maven who knows hockey. And, and fellow Brooklynite, the guy is an amazing mind, especially when it comes to hockey, but in all sports in that aspect, too. And and, and again, I feel like I owe Patrick because I do because I'll, I'll – take that to my grave, how much I appreciated his compassion at such such a young age to understand how brokenhearted I was back when I was eleven years old and, and he really understood so much. So I wish I could return the favor and, and make him feel better. But you know, he has a wife and kids that could do that, which which is nice. But I, I hope the Islanders, I hope this is all just a bad nightmare come opening night in October. It'll just be like whatever, and and, and away they go. I know that this upcoming schedule, because the Barclays Center was such a disaster, and that's on the Barclays Center, that's not on the Islanders, is that they're going to play half of their games, I think at least half of their games at the Coliseum, or whatever they're calling that now, because that has been renovated, and it's back to fit hockey, because I know that the Islanders played some preseason games there last year, too. That's pretty exciting.
1: I think it's NYCB Live at the Nassau Memorial Veterans
0: Coliseum yeah that's a mouthful but another thing too as gary mentioned uh, jt also turned down a lifetime supply of each lifetime supply of bagels cheesecake and beer and if you're going to turn that down because i don't care what anybody says in new york we have the best bagels pizza as gary was at the baseball game mentioning yesterday too and bagels in the world so well maybe maybe sans italy we have uh the best pizza, <laughs> but I think definitely we have the best bagels in New Yorks. So we yeah, turn those down and cheesecake.
1: I'm going to spare the listener, the Chicago rant that I went on last night with you, James, because I think I've offended enough people for this podcast. And just, just to reiterate, that was a good one. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, see me another time for my uh, deep dish rant. But, um, so uh, just again, I, I, I want to, I for for my teammates and friends who who might be Islander fans your your you know Brad's your Chris's your Anthony's your Patricks whoever and and anyone else who might be an Islander fan that that I've I've offended or upset with this podcast I want you to know that I'm not trying to dunk on you personally I do feel very badly for your pain because I do understand I have been there and I you know I'm Whatever I might be saying to to try and explain why these things might have happened to you, I'm not relishing it or reveling it in your you know sadness. There's no Schadenfreude here. I'm just I'm just calling it as I see it from my you know objective seat here. This isn't like a th- this isn't a Rangers fan that's uh, you know gleefully gloating over your uh, your pain or your misfortune. I, I want you to understand that. That's not what's going on here. And um, I hope that things turn around for you here. Just to show you my magnanimity in this situation, I will say that I hope that even though it doesn't look like it now, I hope that the Tavares free agency thing winds up being a boon for your team and it winds up benefiting it even more than if he had stayed. So, uh, you know, let's go Isles. There you go. How's that? How's that?
0: Fair, Beautiful. more than fair. That, okay, I, I right. think that explains everything, and and, and well done. And, and I apologize too if I misinterpreted what you were saying and kind of forced you into that. But uh, and again, yeah, you know, this is supposed to be an objective podcast. So on the other hand, uh, Islander fans don't listen to this. But I guess the dark guy in the Toronto Maple Leafs fans are ecstatic to uh, get Tavares and and welcome him there with open arms. So you know, we got to worry about that too. Dirt man. Well said, American Rhino. Yes, thank you. Now, speaking of trying to be objective and professional, (laughs) a team that I make no bones hating, the Philadelphia Flyers, but a pretty interesting story nonetheless. Back in HTD 103, the American Rhino and I were talking about the Great Ones new series on NHL.com, Great One on One, where he interviews some NHL fan celebrity, and they are up to episode three, by the way, so you can go check that out on NHL.com. But we were talking about David Boreanaz being his first guest, and he's the star of SEAL Team, which is a CBS series based on the Navy SEALs. And just as the American Rhino and I were talking about, the Navy SEALs are an elite group of superheroes, basically real-life superheroes, the best of the Navy, and that stands for, the SEALs stands for Sea, Air, and Land thus the Navy SEAL, and the series is based on that. So now the reality about it is that the Philadelphia Flyers, their brand-new picks that were just drafted, not even maybe a month ago at at this point or so, uh, they were encouraged to get up at 3 a.m. and be trained by a Navy SEAL. (laughs) Which is ridiculous because those guys are insane. Uh, if you're familiar with the military channel or Smithsonian channel or, or if you're blessed to have a relative who's in the military or maybe even be a Navy SEAL, him or herself, these guys and gals are the best of the best. And the training that, that they do is astounding. It's really they push the physical boundaries just to get from test to test and move on. Is I don't know how anybody does it, and uh, they are much, 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 much better men and women than I can ever pray to be. But for an NHLer, a young NHLer, to not even go to training camp yet and get a rude awakening like that is pretty amazing. I guess if you could get through that, then the NHL season would probably seem easy. But in an article written by Adam Kimmelman of NHL.com, he went into that a little bit more about what Joel Farabee and Jay O'Brien – went through recently as the newest members of the Philadelphia Flyers, who aren't guaranteed to be on the team, by the way. They're just draft picks. So they don't even know if they're going to make it to the big club, as a matter of fact.
1: Well, I mean, I guess if they don't make the big club, they always have killing Osama bin Laden to fall back on. I mean, I guess that's been done, but, you know, something similar.
0: Uh, And you know what? I didn't think there was anything better than winning the Stanley Cup, but I think that may be it. (laughs) Plenty of scumbags left in the world. Good point. Good point. So if you can't lift Lord Stanley, then take down a a devil on the on the earth. So well done, boys and girls. So uh, so, yeah, uh, 3 a.m. was the wake up time and the newest members or at least the draft picks of the Philadelphia Flyers were in Stone Harbor, New Jersey, and they had to go to the Flyers development camp in Cape May, New Jersey. So Superfan fan, Sue, and all Devils fans, I don't know what's going on there. It seems like they're, they're overstating their bounds. I do know that South Jersey is close to Philadelphia, and they do try and trickle over there and, and steal some of even Ranger fans, obviously Devils fans, Islander fans, spills over to football and baseball too, you know, where a lot of Mets, you know, the, the National League East, the Mets and Phillies, so on and so forth. So Superfan Sue, maybe, you know, get on that. and I have and- uh, cousins who grew up in Jersey, and they're all Flyer fans. Yeah, it's amazing. And, and yeah, even when you go to Six Flags, that uh, I, I was astounded by the amount of, of Philadelphia teams represented there, because I'm just used to seeing Devils and Mets and you know Jets and Giants and stuff like that. And I Knicks haven't been and... to
1: Six Flags in like 15 years. so I
0: just... Yeah, I haven't been there in a long time either. But the last time I went, it was overcast and we went on every ride we wanted to. So nice. I figured I'll, I'll never go back again because it was never going to be that good. I do remember, I don't know if it was the
1: last time I went, but it was definitely one of the last times I went. Uh, right at park close, I was able to go on the Great American Scream Machine like three or four times in a row. Oh, just boy. get off and get on again. That's not there anymore. Uh, RIP Great American Scream Machine.
0: Oh, that was my favorite ride. Really? Yeah, they they closed it a bunch of years ago. Oh, phooey. Oh, anyway, um... I'm blaming the flyers on that. Okay. Yeah, I'm fine with that. So so all the professionalism that the American Rhino showed before, I, James, am totally getting rid of it right now from my unprofessionalism. So glad that we have the American Rhino here to balance things out. But getting back to the article that these two young men had to endure, that they had to get up at 4 a.m. Well, they had to be there by 4 a.m. on the beach, and they learned drills such as uh, team building drills and breathing techniques and mental focus. And the Flyers Director of Sports Medicine, Jim McCrossin, was overseeing everything as well with the Navy SEALs to make sure everything was going according to plan. And he said that it was very intense, it was physical, it was all that it was meant to be, and more importantly, it was mental. And it was about team bonding and getting to know each other and to actually use your brains Not just your brawn. And that's what makes the American military so fantastic. And like the army says, an army of one. And we got our Navy SEALs and we have our Green Berets and we have a wonderful Air Force and so on and so forth. And it's that mentality. That keeps us safe and, and, you know, just coming off of the 4th of July, feeling a little bit extra patriotic there, too. So just thank you to all who serve and who have served and your families, too, for their sacrifices and yours. So God I, bless you
1: all. As you're saying this, James, I've basically got the G.I.
0: Joe theme running through my head. G.I. Joe! How can you not? <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, that was the whole point about this and, and to, to see what real training, when you're talking about life and death, too when you really think about it. So that 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 was the point of that as well. And they refer to it as the Trial on the Isle and it's the Flyers annual development camp. Apparently they do this every year, but uh, another reason not to join the Philadelphia Flyers team. (laughs) But if you have to, this is what you have to expect. But the good thing too is they during the day and after the training was done, that they held a youth clinic at the Stone Harbor Elementary School, and there was a lot planned there, autographs, and uh, teaching hockey and and so on and so forth. And about 70 boys and girls showed up, ranging from ages 4 to 12. So I think right there you have lifetime fans. I guess the Flyers are trying to get their hands on them, but maybe the Devils can swipe them away if those local children were from New Jersey, and we'll see how that goes. That's pretty interesting.
1: All right. Yeah, well, I mean, they the the flyers have already ruined santa claus and roller coasters what's left why not why not ruin the island and and the, the new jersey devils and whatever else have you no shame philadelphia have you no shame i mean i think we all know the answer to that is no but <laughs> but honestly
0: yeah this and, is America. But- Exactly. And one final take, too, was that uh, the Flyers raised money for charity while they were there, and they donated to the Cape May County Coast Guard Foundation and the Vinland Veterans Memorial Home, which houses about 300 residents there. So well done. Tap the sticks to the Philadelphia Flyers for that, and uh, good luck to those prospects that hopefully if they pass this test, maybe they'll make it all the way to the NHL where they belong.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Good luck to uh, everybody in the training camp. And I still don't like Stan Fischler. Oh, boy. Last minute remaining in the podcast. All right. Thank you, Pops. <laughs> Get the hook. Get the hook. <laughs> uh, okay. Thank you for being the voice of the podcast, Pops. Thank you to Anthony Sajayzi for providing us with music, the LIQ for sound effects. Thank you always, every single time to you. For listening to this podcast and making it possible. Once again, if you have hate mail that you'd like to direct or 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 letters of support or uh, words of, of wisdom, try to keep the language PG. We are a family podcast, but feel free to send that correspondence to us at hitthedeck at gmail.com. Deck is D-E-K. We are Hit the Deck Pod on Twitter, and we can be found at Hit the Deck on Instagram and Face Face. Book baby. Of course, we are Hit the Deck Podcast on YouTube. Check out our YouTube channel. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, please. We'd appreciate it if you would do that. Subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already on uh, Apple Podcasts, which is iTunes, Stitcher, or the Podbean app. Speaking of Podbean, it has come to my attention that occasionally there have been instances where for one reason or another, you cannot get your Hit the Deck fix on Podbean for whatever reason. I don't know why. It just happens. Sometimes it's down. But we get no notification when it's down. Really, we have no idea that it's down unless we happen to stumble upon it ourselves or somebody lets us know. So if you are having a problem getting hit the deck, let us know and we will look into that for you. So, uh, you know, we we want you to know it's not because we've decided to inadvertently, you know, just we've decided to randomly take down our our podcasting platform. It's just, this is a thing that apparently happens with Podbean. So, you know, let us know and we will try and fix that. So uh,
0: all that being said, James, is there anything that you'd care to add? Thank you, American Rhino. And you know what? I just thought about that. Excellent heads up to our wonderful listeners out there. And if that does happen to you, please, yes, let us know. And also then you could just go to the YouTube page and listen to the podcast that way. We'd appreciate it. And thank you very much for all the support on Facebook as well. That's fantastic. And and, and again, as Gary said, if you could bring that over to YouTube, we'd uh, appreciate that very much too. And don't forget the 2018 Summer Shootout on Saturday, July 21st. Mm -hmm. Kevin Frost and the Raleigh Street Hockey League will put those links up again for you to check those out. And uh, real quick to Lou, you win of uh, Charlotte Street Hockey. The American Rhino, forget about it when it comes to patriotism, but his uh, Facebook page picture was phenomenal with the, the the American flag and the motif and and the triumphant stance that he had. So well done there, Lou. Great job.
1: Oh, and uh, just before we wrap up, real quick, I just want to give a shout out to Hagen Hockey. We're gonna have some more stuff with them real soon, but uh, for now, they're they're kind of hooking me up with some some sweet uh, stuff to try out and let you know about um, some some goalie shoes that I'm looking forward to being able to try. So uh, I'll have a report on that. But, you know, their customer service is top notch. So I just want to give them a shout out for that. And, uh, you know, if you haven't already, swing over to the Hagen Hockey page and check out their their stuff. Because they have a ton of really cool deck hockey stuff that you can't get in most places. So uh, so check them out. And all that being said, I would once again here at the end of the podcast, at the end of another edition of Hit the Deck, I would like to remind you that whether you happen to be a ball hockey player abroad fighting to bring honor to your country or whether you happen to be right here a fan just fighting to keep your team relevant whether you are a trainee who is cross-training with America's top military men and women, or whether you just happen to be an opinionated idiot with a podcast, regardless (laughs) of what you happen to be doing and where you happen to be doing it, I would always and forever encourage you to remember it's deck hockey. Don't be that guy. Thanks, everybody. James, we wanted more engagement with the podcast with our fans. My work here is done. Let the good times roll.